I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Man, the Greek freak is washed. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Luca Lord, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? We got another Mavs win. I mean, we said, what was it? I guess a few days ago. These games are happening so quick at this point. The Mavericks would have to win the next four games for them to have a shot at moving up. And a lot of people were like, okay, that was before the Bucks game. The Bucks game was insane. Now this Jazz game in which Luca, Porzingis, and Tim Hardaway set, or not Tim Hardaway, Dorian sets out. And we're like, okay, they won this game too. So watch out. Two games down, two more to go. Uh, yes, today on the pod, we will be breaking down the Mavericks 122 to 114 win over the Jazz and... I say Jazz and Mavericks in air quotes. You guys can't see that I'm doing air quotes, but I'm doing air quotes because neither of these teams were the actual teams that the teams employ. (laughs) So we'll talk about that game. We also want to talk about the playoff and seeding scenarios because it just changes every day. And by the time you listen to this, the Mavericks may have already played the Blazers and everything may have changed too. So there's all kinds of things. So we're going to talk about that. Um, Isaac, let's get into that right now, actually. Dallas Mavericks right now, 43-30. and 30. Uh, They are one game back from the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are in the sixth spot. The Mavericks are in the seventh spot. The Jazz uh, are one game ahead of them. The Thunder are a game and a half ahead of the Mavericks. The Jazz only have one game left, and it's against San Antonio, who they've already kind of thrown, the, thrown a game against and not played their starters. And they didn't play their starters against Mavericks, so I'm not sure they're super concerned about that. Uh, about seeding, because if they were concerned about seeding, they would have just tried to beat the Mavericks tonight, you know, in, in the in the game on Monday. Yeah, so this this was a tricky thing with Utah today, and I think it goes hand in hand with with the game that happened before them. So the game, the very first game on the docket today on Monday was Phoenix and OKC. OKC has been playing pretty good, but. OKC set almost everybody on their team today. They didn't play SGA. They didn't play Gallinari or Steven Adams or like Chris Paul played, but it was pretty much Chris Paul and the backups. (laughs) So they go against Phoenix. And then, you know, in the middle of that game, Utah and Dallas tips off. Well, Utah starts their guys. Donovan Mitchell set out of this game, but they start Gobert and Ingles and Conley and the rest of the guys. Okay. Well, they take a lead in the halftime. Halftime happens. Well, around halftime, I need to look at exactly the time frame of this, but Phoenix pulls away from OKC and beats OKC, and that game finishes before the Mavericks game finishes. Well, then, bam, Utah comes out of halftime and says, we're not going to play our starters for the rest of the half. And you're like, what? Like, they started the second <laughs> half without their starters, and I'm like, so in my mind, I, I, I mean, I said this a few days ago, I think Utah is doing everything in their possible might to not face Houston in the first round. I don't think they want Houston at all. And Houston pretty much has a four seed locked up. If not four, they're going to land at five. So Utah's looking at, I think Utah's trying to go backwards and trying to secure a spot at six or seven instead of five or four to play Houston. So I think Houston looked, I mean, Utah looked at this game today and said, oh crap, 
OKC lost, well, we have to lose. <laughs> we don't want you. We don't want OKC to lose more games than us and to land at you know land at six instead of us. So I think that's why they didn't trot out their their starters for the second half. So OKC and Utah both lost today, and OKC has two games left while Utah has one more game left. So. Something tells me on the inside that I don't think Utah is going to be trying it uh, very much against that that Spurs game either. So if they're not going to try and the Mavericks are able to win their next two games, Portland and then Phoenix, who Phoenix is probably going to have a lot to play for. Maybe they won't, but they'll probably have a lot to play for in that last game. They're only a half game back from Portland right now. Um, That's huge, too. Well, here's the thing with with Phoenix of why if you're in the in the back of your mind as a Mavs fan sitting there hoping that, hey, maybe that Phoenix game, there's not going to be too much on the line. I don't. I think there will be, especially for Phoenix, because Phoenix is watching San Antonio. Also, well, Utah plays San Antonio, and if they go into that game and they don't try, and the Spurs win, Phoenix is definitely going to have to win their next two. Well, Phoenix's next game they play against Philly. <laughs> Philly just announced Ben Simmons is out for out for the rest of the season, and Woj already tweeted that Joel Embiid is out for that game against Phoenix with his ankle injury. <laughs> So they're probably going to beat Philly. Therefore, heading into to that Dallas matchup on Thursday, Phoenix is going to have to win that game against Dallas. And it could be a weird scenario, too, for Dallas to where if Dallas pulls off the win tonight against Portland, which it should be a crazy game for like a high score game and everything because Portland has to have every win at this point, too. If they pull off that win, then that can set up for a pretty entertaining game on that what, Thursday, I don't even know the date, between Phoenix and Dallas, where if Dallas wins, yes. they could possibly move up and face somebody else, not the Clippers. If Phoenix wins, that could push them into like the playoff. We probably just lost so many people and confused people, but there you go. <laughs> it, there's still so much movement to be had, and the Mavericks' next two games matter, at least to the teams that they're playing, right? The Portland game, that's going to matter, and Phoenix, that's probably going to matter as well, unless Portland loses their next game, which or unless Phoenix loses their next game and Portland wins against the Mavericks, then I don't know. <laughs> There's so many things to figure out, but if the Mavericks lose anyway, they can't move up at all. So, <laughs> and we, and we just don't know when, like when people are going to rest people, like, yeah. I mean, and how the teams are angling to play certain teams. Like even we're recording this right after the Nuggets and Lakers game. I just saw the, you know, the Lakers won that game, but like they didn't. On I mean, a Kyle Kuzma could- buzzer beater, by the way, I have to mention uh, third star. Oh my gosh, get out of here. <laughs> but like this Denver team, I mean, yeah, I'm glad Kuzma hit a shot over S. Corbin, whoever that I is, know. Uh, for, for the Nuggets. But it's like I know. Denver really didn't show much interest in winning this game, it looks like, because, I mean, Jokic and Murray and these guys, they didn't play a ton. They played like they 20 minutes the, in this they game. They finished the game with Monte Morris, Bull Bull, Mason Plumley, uh, PJ Dozier, former Maverick great, and then a guy that I cannot identify on the court right now. Interesting. That's probably the S. Corbin guy. That's probably so him. Denver's looking like that. They're showing and they're saying, "Hey, um, we don't care about losing." And now, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Wednesday between Denver and the Clippers. To where if Denver really wants the the three seed, to where they like will face Utah. I think everybody right now would love to play Utah. So if they're <laughs> looking at it saying, "All right, well, we know Utah's trying to land at six. Well, we'll go ahead and fight to land at three, and we'll lose. We'll lose this game. Let's see. Let's see if uh, Denver goes out and rests uh, Jokic and Murray against the Clippers or something on Wednesday. What I think this year more than ever, with no home court and any of that, like right now, we could see Utah fighting for like home court advantage right now in a normal year. But but there is no like 
there is no home court advantage. Yeah, they don't this get year. the home court advantage. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this year more than ever is about matchups and opponents. And we're especially over these next few days leading up till Friday. We're going to see teams doing these drastic measures, setting players and all this stuff to get a certain matchup that they want. And I think it's going to add even more like tension and fun to like the actual playoff matchups because some of these teams are going to want these guys and get the matchup they want. And it's going to be extra motivation for the other team. The nugget, the nugget was Kata Bates' job, by the way. Ooh, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, this is going to be so wild. And don't fall for the people that are like, oh, this this shouldn't happen. These guys shouldn't be resting players and blah, blah, blah. It, this happens in the in regular season anyway, right? Nothing else yeah. is new. The bubble hasn't changed anything with, as far as, you know, jockeying for position and resting guys and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just all this. It's all the same thing as if, if anything, it's going to play more. They're playing right. more right now than, than a normal schedule. Oh, I mean, I just Portland had... and, and Phoenix and San Antonio. I mean, all these teams have been trying hard and trying to get to a playoff spot because it's possible for them. It wouldn't have been if it was just a regular season. I know. Like, I'm, I mean, y'all know I, I was talking about um, being home in Kentucky over these past few days. And I'm here with family on, quote, air quote, vacation from my other job. <laughs> but, you know, a family member asked me a few days ago, they're like, so, like, when do the Mavs play? It seems like they're playing so much right now because I'm like, I'm doing these press conferences and watching the Mavs game every other day, doing these podcasts every night and like all this stuff. So I'm like on vacation, but not really on vacation because I'm working through all of this stuff. But it's like, hey, I'm not complaining. This is what we we wanted basketball back forever. But it, it kind of shows a little bit that like this isn't the normal schedule. We're used to like, you know, three days off in between games sometimes, you know, and you know, here and there. So it, it, this is a very condensed, a lot of games in a short amount of time. So I, I don't blame them setting players sometime, you know, like give them a rest for a game before the playoffs. Absolutely. Especially if you don't need the game. All right, coming up, we're going to get into the Mavericks win over the Jazz. Talk about it. There's some interesting things that happen. I think there's some things that we can get about some of the rotation players and some of the, you know, role players, because obviously Luke Luka and Porzingis didn't play. So we'll talk about that. But before we do, Isaac Harris, it doesn't matter if you are a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight to however many hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. You need support. I need support. You're working through family stuff right now. Sometimes you just need to relax and get away from family. You need something to, to help you get there, maybe just even mentally. Lucky our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints and convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD inflammation-fighting compounds and vitamins to help you get the support you need where it matters most. And to make it easier for you to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners, the Lockdown Mavs listeners, 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Use the promo code NBA. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Link in the description of this podcast. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this game. So the Mavericks end up winning this game again, quote unquote Mavericks, quote unquote Jazz, because the starting lineup for this game, Tim Hardaway Jr., Seth Curry, normal, Justin Jackson, not normal, Boban Marjanovic, and JJ Barea, not normal, not normal starters for them. Um, 
Man, just a, uh, Donovan Mitchell was out for the Jazz, like we said. Luca, KP, and Dorian were out for the Mavericks. Uh, Utah didn't play any of their starters. They did, or or Jordan Clarkson really the whole second half uh, because of all that stuff that Isaac mentioned earlier. So, I guess let's just start. What did you see from this team? What was something that stuck out to you uh, in this game? Well, I think going into it, win or lose, I think the big, once they announced Luca and KP were out. Like Tim and Seth, that was the main goal. Is like, can we get the, these guys going? Because both of them, they've really you know, kind of struggled in the bubble so far. What are we? Five games, six games into the into the seeding games at this point. Three scrimmages in, and uh, Tim hasn't you know looked the same as he did before the hiatus. And so I think that was the main objective in this game. Like, hey, how can we get Tim and Seth going? And I think they did. I mean, Tim scored twenty seven in this game. He went three of six from three. Seth scored 22 in this game, four of six from three. I thought they both played pretty good basketball and their shot looked good. And so I think that for me, that was the, the biggest thing. I joked, sorry, I was like clearing my throat there. I was like, oh, I can't. Uh, I thought Isaac before, was going to pass out there for a second. <laughs> before, I, know, I was like, oh, crap. Oh, no, he's uh, going down. Before the before the game, I was like joking about Boban versus Gobert, and I was like, ah, yeah, Boban, you know, greater than Gobert, and like all this stuff. But I think he honestly gave Gobert a, a little bit of problem, a fit, first, at least in the first quarter. Uh, Gobert's not used to going against size like that, and uh, JJ Barea, Boban pick and roll against Gobert. I mean, he, they were kind of like picking Gobert part a little bit there i was uh boban, laughing. boban finished with 20 points nine boards two assists and two blocks jj Barea finished with 18 points and eight assists uh they were they were kind of picking it apart uh gobert obviously had his way a couple you know a bunch of times against boban you know defensively it's not like boban dominated him but uh and then gobert was obviously good defensively against everyone else but it, he did have a problem with boban and i thought that, that was kind of funny too um I was just trying to. I think Delon Wright had some moments in the yeah. fourth quarter that he at least gets some some credit for. Uh, when it comes to, I think he had some driving kickouts that were nice. I think he had some defensive possessions uh, that were nice. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, the dude stuff hasn't attempted a shot in a regular season basketball game since March sixth. He played. He so he played the last game, right? He he played this game eighteen minutes. Zero points, six boards, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, no field goal attempts, no free throw attempts, one foul, plus twenty one, <laughs> and some good so once de- again. and some good defense against some G League level players. I, yeah, he did show some activity there in the forward <laughs> because that was a crazy thing. You know, Utah, Utah rolled out their bench players in the third quarter, and Utah's bench is not good. Anyway, right? This is no. something that we've been talking about. This is the whole thing for Utah all year is that their starters are great and their bench is terrible. That's why they had to make that trade for Jordan Clarkson last year. They had to do all this stuff to try and fix their bench and their bench is awful anyway. Yeah, and they they roll those guys out and they hit a few shots in the third quarter and they go up by 22. <laughs> and I was pretty confident heading into this game because I've had this like jazz theory of the past few days that they're trying to avoid Houston. And once that I saw Donovan Mitchell questionable, I was like, all right, they're going to, I think Dallas is going to win this game. That's why I tweeted out before the game. I said, who's ready for this Mavs win today? 
I'm not gonna lie. When they were down by 22, I was uh, doubting it a little bit. <laughs> and the starters, the starters added to that as well. It's not like the bench unit came out and totally destroyed the Mavericks, right? Like the Jazz starters really got them that lead. Oh, they hit eight. They were like eight of 14 from three with like four minutes to go in the first quarter. They, they hit, shot the three insane. Utah hit 13 threes in the first half. That tied a franchise high uh, record for them in a half. See, I mean, yeah, it felt like every three that they took in this game was going in. And but literally, I mean, these guys, the fourth quarter from this Mavs team was, I mean, it was kind of insane. I know it's playing against a lot of G Leaguers. Uh, some of these guys, I honestly didn't even know for the Jazz. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out. Rajon Tucker. <laughs> this guy had all the energy in the world. He and tries. I, I really, he tries. I like him. I, I honestly didn't know too much about him. Sorry, David Locke. Uh, before this game. This dude really honestly thought he had a dunk over Maxi. And <laughs> it reminded me of one of those situations to where like you're when your kids get to like late elementary, like early middle school to where you're still like going to block their shot every time. But they're really confident that they're going to dunk on you on the Tykes goal. And like you see it like oozing out. I'm like, all right, they're kind of <laughs> cocky in a way to where they're going to they're going to dunk on you. And yet you can still block it every time. This dude tried so hard and he thought he had it by the energy he had to dunk on Maxi, and he just didn't. And Maxi blocked his dunk and I just laughed so hard. But I hate it because honestly, Tucker was one of my favorite players for the Jazz in this game. And I was kind of jealous that they found this guy because I wish he was a Maverick. I liked him. <laughs> I tweeted out this whole thread about this game. And one of them was Rajon Tucker uh, closing out on a Curry three-point shot where he was guarding Curry. He completely fell asleep and he lost Curry. He's standing on like the right block and Curry is on the right wing. Like he went all the way around a screen all the way across the court. And Rajon Tucker somehow closed it out and got a piece of his shot because Curry airballed the three by like 10 feet uh go check out the video on my twitter at nick van exit but you mentioned delon Wright. so delon Wright and trey burke carlisle did an interesting thing with those guys uh neither of them started which i thought was was interesting because we we by the way we assumed delon Wright was going to be a starter at the beginning of the season and even with luca out he's not a starter and trey burke has been pretty good in the bubble and he wasn't a starter they picked jj bray instead but neither of those two guys after so they go down in the second quarter, halftime, uh, they were the Jazz were up 16, and Carlisle was upset. He had called a bunch of first-half timeouts. Like, you know how Carlisle calls these timeouts after they played oh, ba- yeah. after they played bad for a couple minutes? Um, there's almost like anger timeouts, right? He's like, he's like, he's like, God, man. <laughs> take this timeout. Yeah. It's, you know, some of these games where they play so bad, he takes all the timeouts, and then they take, you know, all the more timeouts than they have, and they have to shoot technical free throws. He didn't play DeLon Wright or Trey Burke the entire third quarter. J.J. Barea played all 12 minutes in the third quarter, and I don't know if that's just tactical because they didn't want to play J.J. in the fourth, but what did you think about Trey Burke and DeLon not getting any run in the third quarter? Because I thought DeLon didn't have a very good first half at all, and Trey Burke was chucking up every shot that he, you know, every time he touched the ball, he was putting up shots. I mean, he had this, he had Tony Bradley, he was the backup center for the Jazz, ISO'd on him. He was a steal. And he... And DeLon, or, uh, Trey Burke crossed him up, did like this behind the back step back yeah, jumper. It was nasty, but it was a mid range jumper. And it was like he was the it only one to in, touch. Though. Get off of it me. It did go in, but it was the only person to touch the ball in the whole possession. Carlisle mentioned after the game, one of the things that changed for the Mavericks was they stopped being selfish, right? The second half was about be- becoming unselfish. And I think that 
between Trey Burke with, you know, the selfishness and DeLon with a, the lack of aggression, aggression and, you know, all that stuff, I feel like he sat them in the third quarter for a reason. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really view that as a negative for Trey because I think Trey brings something to that, to this team that like no one really has right now. And that I don't, however you want to speak into this team, as far as like a, um, like a second creator on the team. Like when Luca's off the floor, Trey gives us this like penetrator that we really don't have. For sure. It's a delicate balance though. He can't just go in there and, and start throwing up shots anytime he gets the ball, right? Like, you know. True. He did have this nasty move. It was like a behind the back, maybe spin on on angles and then like a hezzy on Gobert. Yes. And then he missed the layup. But I mean, I like raise up off the couch. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Like, that, that move was on a Gobert nasty was awesome. Move. Yeah, but I also want to shout out J.J. Barea, too. I mean, I, I think the last time we saw Barea was against the Kings, I think. I think it was the Kings game. And we said yeah, he was they, done. Yeah, they, well, they started him, and you're like, oh, gosh, it didn't work that much. He didn't play, and he just got kind of killed out there. But he went – and once again, it's hard to pull away any, like, huge yes, things from right, this game right. because of, like, the people who set out and then just the second half. But – J.J. Perez did, like, he, I thought he looked decent out there today. I, I thought he held his ground. It gave, gave you some encouragement that, hey, he's not, like, done, done. Like, he can actually get out there and run the second unit some. He had 18 points in this game, 2 of 4 from 3, 7 of 13 from the field. He had 8 assists in this game, positive plus minus. So, I thought J.J. had a, had a fine game, and I think it was more of a testament to J.J. in the third quarter of, Hey, we want to trust somebody out there. We we don't want to do this third quarter crap again. And yeah, we'll save these guys for the fourth quarter. I think it was more of that than I'm not going to play Delon and Trey in the third. For sure. At the end, the Mavericks, you know, they go on this 16-0 run in the fourth quarter. Maxi and Tim Hardaway Jr. go on it by themselves. Basically, they take back the lead, and then the Mavericks end up, you know, winning the game at the end. The fourth quarter was semi unwatchable outside of that run. That was pretty fun. But coming up, we're getting to more about this game and. Our friend, the great Derek Harper, said something on the broadcast that you will not believe. We'll talk about it. You'll hear it coming up. But before we do, Isaac, say it with me. Sports are are back. back. I've been waiting for this day since March. And now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind. Do you know what it is, Isaac? Disney World. (laughs) Other than that. Sports. Other than that. Making money off sports. Making money off sports, and that's my bookie. My bookie is a home run, a slam dunk, a triple overtime game winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it. You love it, and you shouldn't need to uh, start your betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams with the start of Major League Baseball just around the corner. There's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy, way easier than that last sentence I read. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Feeling good about the Rangers? Maybe feeling good about the Cowboys' chances this year? Feeling good about... I don't know. Maybe the SEC and the ACC are the only college football teams that are going to play college football this year. So maybe you're going to bet on those guys. Uh, go ahead. Uh, my bookies world series future bets and go bet on your baseball team. Nothing shows that you believe in your squad, like betting on them before the season's even begun. But why stop with baseball? 
Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. In this case, that means basketball, hockey, football, all that stuff, college football. MyBookie is already accepting bets on your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. They'll also toss you in a $10 MLB future wager. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Again, promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up at MyBookie. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet. You win, they pay mybookie.ag. All right, Isaac Harris. You brought this to my attention. Saw it during the game. Listen to it during the game. The great Derek Harper, color commentator on Fox Sports Southwest, along with um, uh, the great Mark Followell, who does play-by-play, and the great Jeff Skin-Wade, who does... What does Jeff Skinway do? Even more color? Comment- commentary. <laughs> commentary, I guess. He does bits, right? That's what, that's what Jeff Skinway he does. He brings the bits. Derek Harper had a few things to say about Luka Doncic. This is during a Gobert free throw. They're talking about uh, Mitchell Robinson and his field goal percentage, I believe. And then Derek Harper just brings this up about Luka that is, uh, man, it's just strange. And there's a lot to unpack in it, so we'll talk about it after you hear it right now. On number one this year because Mitchell Robinson is, even though he's not in the bubble, is setting the NBA record this year, 74.2%, breaking Wilt's record that stood for almost 50 years for field goal percentage in a season. Of course, Wilt. I was going to say, that's artist Gilmore stuff right there, but man. I'm happy you brought up Wilt. I think he's the only guy that made the game look as easy as Luka makes it. Hmm. He really is. Wow, that's a fascinating comparison. One of the all-time greats, well, obviously. I, I just think, you know, his dominance was so obvious as a player. You know, when a guy gets 150, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I, I'm not putting Luca with Wilt like that, but he makes the game look easy is my only point. That's uh, a nice find. Justin's missed a couple chippies in the bubble. I, I want to make sure our, our viewers understand as Ingles lets it rip. Harp is talking about 100 points and 50 rebounds. Yeah, that's fact. That is crazy stuff. That's what I mean about looking. You don't think the game looked easy that night? <laughs> when he scored 100? Hershey, <laughs> Pennsylvania? <laughs> March 1962? You got to this. I know you would have the year. That's good. Foul that time. A DeLon Wright. Shooting two. It's going to be wild one day if we see a picture in the locker room of Luca holding up a sign that says 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it'll be on Twitter. They won't hold it up. Yeah. It won't be in a, in a car. In a, uh, what do you call those? A little piece of paper. paper. That will <laughs> oh, my God. I remember that little 100-point night, him yeah. holding up that paper. I remember seeing that. Yeah, that was not a real high-end graphic as he just was handed yeah. a piece of paper with the number 100 on it. The graphics have changed a little bit. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, I know that was a long clip, and hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, the beginning of it is Derek Harper trying to make a point about Wilt Chamberlain, right? The point is that Luca makes the game look so easy when he plays. And he said the only other person that made the game look that easy to Derek Harper is Wilt Chamberlain. He made it look that <laughs> easy. He said, I'm not saying that Wilt... Uh, he's, he's not putting Luca with Wilt skill-wise or level-wise, 
but he makes the game look easy. So then they get into back and forth. Jeff Skinway said that's a fascinating point. Uh, they mentioned that Justin Jackson missed another chippy at the rim. We don't have to talk about that. And then Derek Harbour says, I remember that 100-point night, him holding up that paper. I remember seeing that. Now, here's the problem with that statement. <laughs> that night happened on <laughs> March of... 1962, and Derek Harper was born in October of 1961. Derek Harper would have been five months old when that Will Chamberlain <laughs> game happened, and and it was not televised. <laughs> You're telling me Derek Harper was in attendance <laughs> at five months. At five months. <laughs> never say never. I mean, my my girl right now is a little over five months, so this means that she's going to remember everything. I was going to say, she's going to remember certain things. <laughs> so, I watched this game with uh, my dad here in Kentucky, and that moment happens in the game. <laughs> and my dad looks at me and was like, whoa, like comparing, because my dad's like the biggest Wilt truther ever. And one, <laughs> Harp comparing like Luca to Wilt, that they're like the only two players the same level that make it. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some, a couple other players out there that's made the game look pretty dang easy. Like there's sometimes Jordan has made the game. Look say, pretty dang Michael easy. Jordan, sometimes I mean, Kobe Bryant ma- magic passing the ball and like running the offensive showtime Lakers. It looked kind of easy out there for him. So, but anyway, that's beyond the point. But when, when, <laughs> when our said <laughs> that I remember that night, he said, I remember at, seeing that. <laughs> my dad looks at me. He's like, dang, how old is Harp? He's like, is he that much older than me? He said, because that happened in 62, Wilt's game. And, like, I didn't think Harp was that, that like, old. Like, and we look it up, and we just start cracking up. And so now we've both been making jokes about it the rest of the day. And so Harp, that was just a classic moment. We love Harp. We, we really do love Harp. Yeah, just, yeah, for, we do. Specifically for moments like this. But uh, his point was that he remembers seeing the picture of Wilt holding up the paper, right? Like, that's what he's trying to say, but it comes off yeah. as he remembers seeing it like it happened. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So funny. Uh, we can talk about the merits of that as far as Luca making the game look easy. He does make the game look easy, but, I I mean, Wilt, that's 50, re- 50 rebounds, and he was jumping over people and strongest guy in the world, like all this stuff. I mean, it's just wild, the stuff that Wilt did, but... Uh, yeah, we can talk about that a different day, but we just thought that that was so funny. Had to share it with you. Guys, we will be back after the Portland Trailblazers game. We'll have another post game. We'll talk about it. Hopefully, this will be a real post game and not like this one where it's the quote unquote Mavericks that'll play. So, uh, man, hopefully the Mavericks get a win. The Mavericks continue to hopefully move up in the standings and we'll be talking about a different scenario and hopefully previewing a different playoff series than against the Clippers. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. He's out. Boom. Boom.